welcome to Artistry Zen, a podcast where we talk about small creators and small businesses in the creative arts industry. I'm Antonia Fish. And I'm Emily Murray. And today we're going to talk about art during lockdown. This week, the rural area is entering their, I think it's our third week of lockdown. Um, and for me personally, my business and my uni work hasn't really changed. I've been working pretty solidly on my university work and uh, my business is actually going crazy at the moment. I have two commissions this week alone. Oh, that's good, man. So, yeah, I'm I'm really looking pretty good with mine and my major work. I've gotten all of my materials and uh, working from home really isn't that different for me. So it's it's looking it's looking pretty all right it's just a matter of trying to work that all around and getting it all sorted so what about you emily i've just been working on my major too i've been collecting lots of wattle and trying out natural dyeing and then stitching back into it so that's kept me busy i've also been working on my ceramics yeah so tell us about your ceramics because they've been looking amazing on instagram oh thank you uh i'm just making Basically, everyday items, cups, mugs, plates, bowls, and I'm going to do detailed paintings inspired by my memories and experiences with objects. I was originally going to focus on teacups because I have so many memories of tea, but I've kind of branched out and now I'm going to do it with other items like bowls Mm. and plates Mm. and try and tie the object to a specific memory through almost surreal paintings, merging different memories together. Wow, that does sound really interesting. Yeah. So what have you been making for your major? So my major is focusing on uh, celebrating death from a Western perspective. So last year I did a similar thing where I painted some skulls uh, on top of each other kind of going off the idea of the day of the dead in Mexico Um, and then we had to relate that to a theme which was alchemy so I've kind of taken that idea and have combined sculptural works with my finger painting and uh, I'm just going to make 12 of those to represent 12 different countries across the world and have those hanging on the wall and giving some more as bad as the pun is giving some more life back to some skeletal uh (laughs) sculptures that that sounds so terrible that's really uh it's yeah but our our lecturer likes it she really likes how vibrant the uh project sounds which is great because at first i thought it was a bit dreary and a bit uh you have to it's a very fine line when you're talking about death and trying to make it lively because uh you don't know how people are going to react to this kind of stuff and um you know personally with I've had two family members pass away in the span of 12 months I'm very lucky that I have uh the gifts that I have and we'll talk about that in future episodes uh, but I'm able to see death as, as more of a celebration of someone's life and I'm hoping that I can give that to people through my finger painting. Oh, that's lovely. I recently just had a commission where a lady 
uh, her three pets had passed away recently, two cats and a dog. And she'd asked me to do a commission for her combining all three on one canvas. And I, I must admit, I do miss giving people their paintings in person because the it's either pure love and, and that's the tears in their eyes or it's pure I don't know how to explain it there's just this this emotion in their eyes whenever they see their pets immortalized on canvas and I I, I don't know how I stumbled into this profession but I, now, that's what I do now is I I guess I immortalize people's animals in in painting form and then I bring a lot of color and joy that way and uh I still have customers that I I had in November December of last year you know commenting on my Instagram saying how oh I I still have your you know your painting is up in our living room and we we see it every day and it's just a beautiful reminder and thank you so much and you know I didn't I never thought I'd be in this profession at all. Like it's it's just so crazy how life works out like that. So, yeah, it's, it's if I can do that now with <laughs> people, we'll see how that goes. But um yeah, I've, I've got some crazy ideas with this with this project and we'll, oh, look, we'll see how it goes. No, it sounds sounds interesting. It sounds and all your work is so so colorful yeah. and textured and like layered mm. so it's everything looks it looks great on your instagram oh, but you. in real life yeah. you like look up close you can just see the layers and the streams of different colors mixing in together yeah it's great yeah. i can't wait to see your project in real I life know. i hope i get to look, with the way that lockdown's going emma and i talked about this before where we really truly are hoping that the university once everything calms down the university will bring us all back for the last couple of weeks and we'll actually be able to see each other in person and talk to other friends of ours in person and because both of our artworks are very tactile and they're very you have to see them in real life like a photo does not do our works justice so it's very difficult as artists I guess to relate to one another's works it's it's a completely different reaction isn't it when you see someone's work in real life because I, I know from seeing your works online you know everyone goes oh wow that's great that's amazing but I you know when both of us see each other's stuff you know when we're in the studio painting we go oh this is so cool from this perspective and wow like it's it's just like all the ideas flood in when you see mm. someone you, you just see how they work as well it's great watching other people paint and you just it really is you learn so much from just the style that they've developed and how they yeah. do stuff and you look at it and you're like wow, they're doing something I've never done before yeah. and it's great. And I'm really hoping by it's September now, so hopefully, mm. and we're going out of lockdown by the end of September. So I'm hoping October, November we are good Ugh, again yeah. because I've got a, I'm doing a painting at the moment for a still life prize and that yes. show is in November. So I'm really nervous. About wow. that, I'm co-coordinating with one of my friends uh, the show. So yep. we're trying to organise all the behind-the-scenes stuff and mm-hmm. trying to get that running, but we're still unsure if it's even going to run because of COVID and I've done my painting for God. it and yep. we've contacted artists. The expressions of interest are still open and we're mm-hmm. still uh, accepting entries. 
But we're mm-hmm. getting all that ready, getting the entries and sending out the forms. And But yeah, wow. it's just like a you don't know what's happening because of no. lockdown and you don't want to get everything ready and everything booked because you've got to get catering, we've got to find judges, we've got to, Gosh, we've got to yeah. get sponsors and it's like do we set all that up just for it to get cancelled and then we yep. have to yeah. do everything again in I think it's like January or February next mm-hmm. year. So it just feels like we're on the edge. It's like, uh, what do we do? But at least I've got the painting yeah. and I've – it was a very uh, – the paintings from a very interesting perspective. It's yep. like looking down almost ah. and it was very challenging to paint because of that. I have a book. Laid over. Is this the one that you've been updating on Instagram? Is that the one with the, the glass in the background? Yeah. Or? yeah, yeah. It has the mug and the shadow across the book. Yeah. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. It's it's been yeah. uh, so difficult because I realised I had the wrong brushes. I wanted to do all oh, the text no. on the book, so I wanted to write out every line because it's I I tried and it's just it was like the worst nightmare. So I've done as much yep. as I can, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it half blank. So, but I think oh, I finished no. it now, and I'm gonna just give it a bit of a varnish and that's ready and you should definitely yep. enter as well Antonia I would love to see a still life from I you. know so so but what would I put in though because I I have no idea I do uh, I mean does animals count as a still life like well, you like skulls skulls are very classic I do so okay you could do some okay. flowers a skull with a vase and a flowers mm, that'd be nice okay so it's, it's the life and the death you know the skull and the flowers you could yeah, have some wow. buds and like they're flowering like nice fresh flowers next to a skull uh-huh. and then you can... mm, interesting because okay. i know still oh, life's not a meant to have concepts but you can do a subtle a subtle thing a subtle <laughs> so we've been so indoctrinated by our university now that we're just like ah themes concepts <laughs> oh god hmm yeah, wow. What else has been happening in the art world for you, Antonia? What have you been interested by lately? Well, I'm finding that with the world, the way that it's going, and of course Australia being in such lockdown, it's it's becoming very more apparent that the digital technologies are taking off. And one thing that I mentioned to you was NFTs. So if our listeners don't know what NFTs are, they are non-fungible tokens and it's a unit of data that's stored on a digital ledger. So it's like a blockchain uh, and it's it's as if you're storing art digitally, but it certifies that digital asset as a unique and interchangeable item basically. So if, if you were to see uh, a piece of artwork online, no one else could buy that when you bought it and that would be yours forever and you'd have this NFT permanently. And so it's it's basically like a one-of-a-kind piece that no one else would be able to use or see. And um, it's it's very, I don't know, what's the word? It's very legitimate. It's very, uh, it's really interesting now because NFTs were kind of very, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. They were very... Um, People think we're kind of like, oh, we're scared of what this is because we we haven't. Yeah, they're very new. Very new. Very very up and coming kind of thing. And I feel like people are almost 
it's not very commonly talked no. about even at uni and in the art world. It's like it's very so sudden. It's probably all our knowledge has probably been going on for a couple of years by now, yeah. but it still feels like it's only just just getting into it. And I only just recently found out, I guess, looked into mm. it kind of a couple months ago and I was like, wow, I need to get on board because this is you got to follow the art kind of thing. So Yeah, well, it's taking it's taking off so much so now that it's, it's actually going the other way and now people are actually being scammed by fake NFTs. And so something that was pulled up on Artnet actually two days ago was uh, a very kind scammer returned $336,000 to a pranksy, which is a digital art collector who bought a fake Banksy NFT. So someone's actually gone out, an art collector or a buyer, bought what they thought was a real Banksy NFT, come to find out that it was actually a scam. And this is not actually that uncommon now because an artist that I follow who, you know, was the catalyst for my art journey, Iris Scott, she recently posted on her Instagram that she was actually being taken advantage of and someone had faked an account that had her artworks and they were selling her artworks as NFTs without her knowledge. Yeah, yeah. definitely needs so like some getting, monitoring kind of thing. It's getting so that. crazy. So people are actually being scammed out of thousands of dollars now because they're going, oh, I, I found this, you know, amazing artist and their artwork and I'm going to pay all of this money and come to find out that it's now becoming a fraudulent system. Mm. And so artists, the big time artists are now having to reach out to these people and saying, no, this is not, I didn't sign up for this. This is not my artwork. You're going to have to get your money back. Like it's the cryptocurrency system is getting so crazy. So I just thought that was so interesting because, you know, like you said, we are trying very hard to keep up with the digital art age and because it's changing so quickly you know, looking into stuff like this, it's like, oh, it it kind of sets you back a bit. Like you really, I personally don't want to get into this until it's really legitimate. Like, mm, Yeah, it definitely needs to be monitored and regulated. And like mm, they do on like Instagram and stuff just to know that it's the real artist. Yeah. But well, at least uh, Instagram, yeah. the artist who got scammed knows that they mm. can make NFTs and they will sell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how that's your take away from this. Like, oh, at least the real artists can do this. Like, that's fine. No, well, it, it, it would be good for, I reckon it would be pretty good for amateur artists and, like, emerging artists. You can, yeah. I have no idea how it works, to be honest. I'll have to look at it. No, but. it's not talked about. It's really, like, yeah. So then, Emily, let's talk about uh what you found in the art world hmm. at the moment? Oh, well, well, I actually looked at today uh, the Hilma Clint uh, exhibition online at the Gallery in New South Wales. I was just looking around, doing some artist oh. research and kind of thing for one of my projects, and I went on there and saw that they had hmm. it digitally because it was meant to be running for the last month. And, like, it's a travelling oh. exhibition. Like, it's only going to be in Australia for not long, and... COVID lockdown happened so it's like obviously the gallery had to think fast and they put it online which is which is what you got to do I guess so now you can just wow so how do they do that no idea but it's like google maps (laughs) you go on (laughs) and you can press the little places and it takes you 
like you're on Google Maps basically, it takes you around, you can look and you can read the citations and get up close with the images oh, and it's wow. set out like you are in the gallery space. So it looks like the gallery. Yeah. But so I think that's a good way that more galleries should be trying to do. I don't know how difficult it would be, but it's a good solution that you yeah. can still be running exhibitions, showing off people's art while in lockdown because every gallery is closed, everything's closed, but they still yeah, need to exactly. be putting out art and stuff. They'll be losing, especially artist-run galleries will be losing so much money because no yeah. one's hiring out the spaces, no exhibitions are run. So it's a good way to – I definitely think everyone should – go to their local art gallery pages and just kind of check in if they are doing anything or if they're running anything soon and mm, just like support mm. that like our Wollongong yeah if project contemporary art space they're running a couple yeah. of shows coming up get onto their page even Wollongong mm. gallery I had a look at that and saw what shows they're coming up and they don't even have what when they're opening again I guess no one really knows so it's like God. everyone's just yeah. staying still waiting it out because it's still so bad down here it's like I doubt we're gonna open mm. I was talking to my family that live in Nara and like it just is even getting worse down there that it, like the Shoehaven had avoided stuff and now it's in the Shoehaven well. and like even my dad was exposed lucky he's fully vaccinated but he was at the Bunnings down wow. there, got someone who had it down there. So everyone at Bunnings had to go get tested and my dad and my pop. Oh, and I no. think they were all down at Bunnings on the one day. So it's like so many people. <laughs> oh, my God. For, now, just to, just to interject, because we are an Australian podcast, for anyone who doesn't know what Bunnings is, it's basically like a hardware store version of Walmart. So we have a giant hardware store that is called Bunnings that is very Australian and it is very well known for its sausage sandwich sizzles on Saturdays. And that's, that is it. You ask any Australian what Bunnings is and they will tell you that immediately. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a big thing for just, so just some context there for anyone who doesn't know what a Bunnings is, uh, yeah, wow. But I, I know that our Bunnings here has been really careful because everyone's kind of gone into lockdown frenzy and gone, oh, I need something to do. So everyone goes to Bunnings to get things to make. Yeah. So. Mm. Even I've, I've been meaning to go down to Bunnings because I want to get some – I buy, like, some art supplies down there. Like I will buy yeah. their painting sheets and some of the rollers and the big brushes They do have some stuff. good stuff. Yeah, just yeah. like the – Kind of thing because I need to set up my spare room as a as like a painting room but I've been like everywhere every like the Bunnings up here so many people everyone just wants to do some projects that it's busy wow. all the time so I've been avoiding it but I do love Bunnings <laughs> and I do want to go down there <laughs> but I can't resist a plant when I go down there I need to get yeah, a plant every time a- I go there <laughs> It is an artist's best friend, Bunnings, really. When you don't have any of the big uh, places that sell a lot of the art supply things, you, you, you go to Bunnings because <laughs> this is becoming a Bunnings ad. We really don't need to plug them. <laughs> we are not sponsored by Bunnings. Please don't get oh that gosh, wrong. I we wish. Not... I wish. That would be great. 
<laughs> just inserts the theme song. Oh my god. Oh dear. I must admit, though, like how you were talking about the Hilma F. Clint uh, art gallery exhibition, it is. It, I must admit, it is really. It's great that they're putting their exhibitions online and people can go see it digitally. But I do fear for the future that people might only accept that and lose interest in going to galleries because there is a magic behind mm. stepping inside of an art gallery and, and the just the gravity of pieces, seeing them in real life because, I, like, for example, down where you were having your internship, the, the artist that we met that day who I thought was the owner of, of the Wollongong Contemporary Art Space but was not, I later found out, but he was able to speak to us in person about his artwork that we, we both absolutely fell in love with, this beautiful, colourful landscape. Oh, and just to be able to talk to the artist while they were there about their artwork was just incredible. I really do hope that our generation and younger generations to come don't lose that kind of magic yes, about definitely. gallery spaces. Like it's it's really hard to see them mm. going through this right now. Yeah, so you, you need to just go in there because paint doesn't translate mm. well on like photography. No, it's so it hard doesn't. to capture. For one, a couple of my landscapes yeah. that I've been doing, I avoided posting them for so long because every photo I took just couldn't capture what I saw and it was so frustrating. Yeah. I'm like, it's not even the same yeah. colour that I'm seeing it's on the photo. Yeah. And it's paintings, it's just for real life. You need to be get up close. Like I know it's not recommended to touch paintings, but I, I touch my own paintings. I'm up there touching the texture and you've got to get really into a painting. Well, this is the thing. Like I think both of us have been very, again, I use the word tactile a lot because that's what that's what we are. Mm. We're tactile artists. But I am hoping in the future to make my artworks and that's what I'm doing literally tomorrow. I have a, a buyer coming to pick a, an art piece up that I posted on Instagram a couple of weeks ago and, you know, he has three young kids who I used to babysit uh, and he's literally said, oh, I want to, you know, give it to the girls as a one of the girls is having a birthday. And I said, you know what, I will varnish it really well and I'll make sure that it's tactile because of the way that I finger paint, there's a lot of bumps and bubbles and, like you said, there's texture and there's little blobs of paint that stick up and it's really amazing when you can actually touch that. And I remember I, I do say it a lot to people and I don't know if you remember this, but I remember grabbing you and another friend of ours one day and I'd be like, touch it, just, you know, touch it. It's already dry. Like go, go on it. And people are really scared because <laughs> we have this preconceived idea, you know, mm. in our minds, I guess as kids, when you would go to galleries, now don't touch anything, don't touch anything. You are to stay away from the artwork. So, you know, it's very expensive mm. and mm. it's it's all, uh, you know, done by hand, but you're not allowed to touch it. So, the hardest part of art galleries, you go there, you just want to feel everything. It feels like you're missing an element in art when you can't touch it. It's see, just... This is the thing. We're, we are tactile artists. So if we could create a collection that really forces people to touch the artworks in the future, I think that's another level of connection because mm, it draws people in and it allows people to, and especially kids as well. Like I know my, my younger mm, brother mm. and sister, they love being able to touch my artworks and being like, wow, this is so cool because it gives another, like I said, it's another form of magic. It's a, oh my God, not only did you paint this, but just feeling it gives another element. I don't know. I can't, I don't know how to explain it, but there is 
And especially with your coal artwork last year, being able to feel the grain in that coal on, on the canvas was it's it's just another world it really Mm. is like I can understand the whole oil in your hands the stuff to the paint Mm. but you know sometimes you gotta sacrifice a little bit varnish it really well and not everything's meant to last forever so I think I think it's definitely worth it even even with because like I find with my own paintings different levels of different mediums you add in give like different textures to the surface and you just can't help just Mm. sitting there touching it and feeling it like you can recognize like and the more you kind of like interact with your own paintings and the textures you understand them better like I can I can almost just feel the feel the paint and like feel how much oils in the paints and like you can just you can yep. start telling and I feel like it's another level of connection with your paintings and just knowing knowing your paintings, knowing how they feel, what everything. And it's the connection that really gets you with painting, I think. I think everyone needs to paint more it because does. it's a connection that you form yeah. with the painting. Like I can understand you yep. look at a painting and you're amazed and you love it, but it's a whole different level of that when you've painted it been with that painting for so long and then you also love mm. that painting and are so proud of it it's a whole nother level of connection and it makes it so hard to give it up it's like a little child <laughs> isn't it it's like <laughs> a lot of people don't understand this but when you get a group of artists together you go yeah I, I have this connection to this painting and someone goes Is, isn't it just like your child and you go yes it, it really is it's so crazy it's definitely yeah and I guess that's with all art and that's that's the hardest part about art. I want to sell my art and I want to make money off it, but it, it just breaks my heart selling them. And yeah. it's yeah. just like the feeling that you're never going to see that painting again. And I it know. just makes me want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> there, There is this attachment that you get because, like you said, you do spend so long with it that it, it does become something, a, a bit of your own possession. Mm-hmm. And... I think when you give that away, but see, on the other side of that, I love seeing the joy in people's mm. faces when I give them an artwork. And but when it's tailored to them, mm. or when it's something that they're going to give to their kids, yeah. like it's, you can mentally prepare another, yourself as well. Oh, it's another emotional roller coaster because you go, "Oh my goodness, I didn't realize you were going to love this so much." I'm oh, okay, cool. So yeah, it's it. There is this beautiful joy to art and I think that's really overlooked in the whole creative industry mm, mm. it's too it's almost too commercialized we've lost the mm, the, the individual connections between art artist audience and that yeah. interaction and the joy like you're saying like I feel like that's so much more powerful than just putting it in Big an time. exhibition and then just walking away and you don't interact with like, yeah, as you're also saying, the talk we had with the artist of that painting, you could see the, you could see so much more into the painting, understanding his process. And he explained it and he explained his wife's like perspective on it. Yes. And the, just like the little, even just talking like for two seconds more, you could understand so much more about the painting, its context, the connections, the real, you yep. see a painting and it's so removed. In the, especially in galleries, it's removed. It's put on a pedestal. You don't it see is. any of the it human is. interaction with it, and it's just its own object. But when you bring it back down to earth and realize, Ugh. yes, a person painted it. That person is a person, and it's not above it, anything. Yeah. You just yep. 
bring art so down to earth and you find yeah. more well, connection it's such a, that way. It's than- more of a beautiful experience, isn't it, when you're able to talk to an artist. And I know the first six months of this year when we were able to be at uni was honestly, I, I thought we, that I was a very secluded artist and I, I didn't need anyone to be around and, you know, I didn't like anyone kind of watching me. But as soon as I was in that room, we were we had like eight other artists in that room with us and you're you actually feed off each other when you're speaking and when you can watch someone work and uh, a good friend of ours who I I hope to have on the podcast later when we when we get a chance to be back at uni uh Letitia is she's so beautiful and she just it says it how it is and she she goes I just love watching you work I really do and she'll walk over and she'll start chatting up and it's just that connection that we have to each other as artists and then when you when someone comes in and goes, how did you do that? And then they want you to explain that. It's just <laughs> such a beautiful experience. Mm. But oh, God, I you know we we could go on for hours about this stuff, but we probably yes, should. Definitely, we will. We will one day because it is. It's literally the best part. I loved that yeah. session too. Just that you never realized how good it is. Just it to is. have feedback constantly of your work because you get so lost in the process. It's like you can't see your own painting anymore and then just have fresh eyes every week. Just it's so good. So thank you to everyone who's listened to our second episode of Artistry Zen. Uh, Next week we're going to be hopefully talking about small businesses in lockdown as well as the most recent Bob Ross documentary that's just come out on Netflix. It's absolutely incredible. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It is such a deep dive into the art world in the 80s and 90s and it's mind blowing honestly i'll definitely watch it before next week then so we can discuss but yeah it'll be super interesting next week because antonia she runs her own business and Mm. sells her art and i want to be able to do that too so it'll be definitely very helpful if you can just explain all the logistics and Mm. everything that goes into that because there's so much more just hearing you talk about it there's so much more than i realized and I feel like you need someone to explain it to you. Like, mm. obviously, you've done it all yourself, but now you can guide. Yeah. You can guide me oh, <laughs> into helping you. Yeah, because <laughs> I've been wanting to do it for so long, yeah. but it is like all the stuff that you don't realize. As soon as you start, you're like, I can't do it. It's too hard. I don't yeah. know how to do it. So it'll be really good for me and our listeners for you just to give us a little rundown and explain actually what it takes to start your own business and have a successful art business basically yeah awesome okay well i look forward to talking with everyone next week thank you guys again for listening once we actually put these out here this is you know our second episode we would love to hear feedback mm. from you guys yes you, Emily? yes we would love a whole like even feedback section or questions love some audience interaction definitely or- Yes, that'll be great. So, yeah, so we're definitely going to connect our Instagram. And I think probably in the future, we should probably make a separate Instagram for our yeah, podcast, yeah, shouldn't yeah, we? Yeah. We can post everything we yeah, talk so, about. We can link it and uh, post pictures of what we're talking about. And when we have our YouTube channel up, and you can actually see us and see our painting. Yes. And can't wait. It'll be great. It'll be really good. So, Stay tuned for that. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. See you, everyone. See you next week. Bye. Thanks. Bye.